Blog Talk Radio. edition of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk. I am your host, Neek, the player, and my main man, Mr. C, better known as Chuck, the scholar. How you feeling, man? I'm doing wonderful, Neek. It's the last day in December where oh. we're getting closer and closer. You mean November, right, my bad. November, last day. November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was correcting myself. Last day in November, coming up on the first day of December 2016, the year is almost over. I don't know about you, Nick, but this year just flew back, flew by, and we are getting closer and closer to President Donald Trump. So, with all that said, I'm doing fantastic, Nick, because it's another beautiful day to be able to talk about football, talk about what's going on in the NFL. Season's more than halfway over. The playoffs are shaping now, getting close. You know, we got some battles here. We got some battles there. We got some teams that ain't got no shot in hell that they looking for the 2017 NFL draft. And, uh, you know, we just got all these things, man, coming up towards the end of the year. And it's just excited, man. We're just going to talk about it a little bit, talk about it a little bit, because it's too much to talk about in one show. But we're going to do our best to try to get through and get the fans what they come for. That hot fire. <laughs> and you know, fans, we apologized last week. Um, I did say the week before we'll see you guys next week, like we always do every Wednesday. But we apologize because you know, last Wednesday Chef Neek was in the kitchen cooking up some good old Thanksgiving food. Boy, I tell you, I made that cornbread. You know, I love my cornbread extra sweet Mm-mm-mm, with a little bit of sugar in there, not Kool Aid sugar size, but. It was quite a bit of sugar in there. Yes, tastes good. I made my ham, my turkey, my uh, mac and cheese. I was a little upset on my mac and cheese because, you know, in my household, uh, Mama Wise, <laughs> big shout out to my mom. You know, I love you. But, you know, ever since I grew up, the tradition in our household that my grandmother started because they knew my favorite food was mac and cheese. And so they said, you know what? My grandmother said, we're going to make you your own mac and cheese on Thanksgiving and Christmas. I said, what? You mean to tell me get my own mac and cheese? She said, yes, baby, because I love you, and I, and I like to see you eat, and I like to see when you're happy, when you're full. And I said, okay, Grandma, okay. So ever since then, since I was a little kid, I've been having my own pan of mac and cheese. And this year, you know, um, my dad passed away a few years ago, and so 
So I don't really, you know, we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving like that. But I decided to try homemade MACDs. And, um, yeah, it didn't come out too good, man. Yeah, I had to call my mom. I said, Mom, it just don't taste like the way you guys make it. My mom said, baby, did you add flour? And I said, damn. <laughs> I mean, no, nah, I didn't add the flour. I totally forgot about that. You know, I had everything else in there, a bunch of cheese. You know, hold I had on, milk. Hold on, hold on. I got a question. I got a question. Go ahead, what's go ahead, go ahead. Post, what's, the, what's the flour supposed to do that's supposed to make well, it the flour is supposed to add more taste? Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to help with the taste, man, because, you know, the cheese makes but it. But flour ain't got no taste. I know, but listen, here's the thing. Let me tell you, I don't want to spill the greens, but I'm going to put it like this. The way I make my mac and cheese, man, you know, you do the you know, you do the macaroni first, blah, blah blah. You know, you drain it. Then after that in the pan, you put your paprika in there, you put your milk in there, you put your extra sharp cracker barrel cheese, cheddar cheese in there, right? You put a big old stick of that in there, a little bit of butter, and you put the flour in there and you mix it all together, man. And then when it's all done, you go ahead and pour it all over that mac and cheese. Oh, let me stop, man, because I'm getting food horny right now. I can't stop talking about it. Oh, man, it just sounds so good. But anyway, that's what I'm saying, man. It just adds flavor to it, man. It just, it's just, that's just the way it is, man. That's the tradition, man. I can't, I can't really get into detail with it about it a little more because, like I said, I don't usually make it, man. You know, I leave that up to my mom, my grandmother. But anyway, so my meal I came out good. Go ahead. Serious tease, serious tease, neat, serious tease, teasing us with that deliciousness. Can't can't explain because you know I'm just picturing everything you said. Like you, didn't, I know you like Z Rut. You get into them details, and I'm just picturing that mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah, let's not even go there, man. To see that creamy mac and cheese getting poured over them. Whoo! Yeah, and the sad thing is, man. You know we both on these microphones, man. I don't want to start salivating off of the microphone, just getting it all wet. People around here in the studio looking like, what the hell are you doing in there, Nick? I was like, I know, I'm just, whoo, all right, man, that's enough, man. That's enough thinking about that mac and cheese. But yeah, man, the meal came out good. So anyway, since we didn't do the show last week, I thought it'd be good for the fans to know a little bit more about us. So therefore, Chuck, I just want to ask you, what are you most thankful for, man? What am I most thankful for? I am most thankful for being able to enjoy life. Because, you know, people tell you all the time, you need to enjoy life. But we all know most people don't enjoy life. Most most people are miserable. They try to hide that misery. They try to uh, medicate that pain through different types of narcotics, alcohol, you know, different types of addictions. And they don't really enjoy life. They, they're they going through life miserable. And then we know, always know about all those other people that just, I ain't going to I used to say it was take the easy way out and kill themselves, but I'm trying to be more mature. So I'm not going to say it's the easy way out, but they get to the point where they can't take the pain no more. And they feel the best thing to do is to check out. You got those people, and then you got people that's really happy with life, that's enjoying life. Yes, they may not be doing what they want to do. They may not be living the American dream. They may not be doing this. They may not be doing that. They may be going through trials and tribulations, but inside they still know the key to life is being happy, and I'm just happy to be happy. I've been blessed with great family, good health. Uh, You know, my mind is 
ain't sharp as it used to be. You know, I play a little bit too much football. Sometimes I think I play without a helmet. But, you know, my mind is still sharp. Yeah, I got I got good friends, tight friends. You know, I'm able to do this show with you. Able to talk about football for 45 minutes once a week. Um, so I'm just I'm just thankful to be living life and enjoying life. That's what I'm thankful for. And what about you? Well, I'm gonna let you cover the the friends and family side. First thing I do want to say, man, I, I love doing the show with you, man. You know, you my boy. We go back for years. Been my boy, man. Ride or die, man. He can chuck all the way, man, to the grave, man. So I want to just clear that up. You know, I love you, dude. But <laughs> what I'm most thankful for, I'm most thankful for in 2016 that my New York Jazz and my Oakland Raiders are actually relative again. <laughs> <laughs> that both of my teams, when you look at all the sporting sites, ESPN, NFL Network, uh, uh, you look on CBSSports.com, Yahoo Sports, Fox Sports, blah, blah, blah. You see my Giants at number five in NFL power rankings. You see my Raiders at number three or number two. And it just feels good, man, because this hasn't happened in years. <laughs> I mean, seriously, my Raiders have been relevant since 2002. So I'm just thankful to be alive and witness this, man. This is just a beautiful thing right now. This is, I'm about to shed a tear on the mic, man. I just feel good, man. You know, so it looks like both my teams going to get in the playoffs, man, and anything can happen then. But – I'm just enjoying on, so it. Let me, you know, too. So, go ahead, go ahead. So let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. So if the Raiders say, to, okay, it's looking right now like the Raiders is going to make the playoffs, no problem. How far into the playoff playoffs do they need to get for you to consider this a successful season or is just making it to the playoffs going to be a successful season for the Raiders? Well, you know, you and you and I talk, talked about this, man, a couple of weeks ago. But now, this Raiders team is legit. I mean, they really are. And it's just funny because I love the wear offense coordinator, Bill Musgrave. I got to get so much props to him because I really wasn't sold on him last year. But he's attacking teams' weaknesses, man. And we can hit you any different way. You saw in the Broncos game, we hit you with the running game. You know, we can hit you deep with the, with Cooper and Crabtree, and now Walford's getting involved, the tight end. So it's just we can hit you so many different ways. And then Mario Edwards Jr. is going to be back hopefully next week. Alden Smith, the announcement comes on him being reinstated this Friday. So you add him with Will Mack and Bruce Irvin. I mean, this team can really go far. So with that being said, man – I think right now, if we don't make it to the championship game, that would be a disappointment. Um, or we can put it like this: we don't get to the divisional round, which we should. It would still, it would kind of be a disappointment in my eyes, just a little bit, just because of how this team is playing right now. I mean, they on fire, you know what I'm saying? So, and like I said, when they get all the reinforcements coming together, you already know how Mac balled out with Mario Edwards Jr. last year, and he's about to be back. Oh, it's just, woo. <laughs> I mean, it's about to get nasty. So, you know, I just want to clear on that. But anyway, man, you know, we got to jump into the show, man, because we got to break down all these games. We have a game tomorrow night, and it's the Cowboys and the Vikings. And, you know, I can't stand them Cowboys. I live in Dallas. But <laughs> but I got to give the Cowboys props, man. I'm, I'm not really pissed at them, man. I'm not ticked off like that because – my Raiders and Giants are relevant, man. <laughs> so I can't really get too upset, man, about the Cowboys. And I look at it like, 
hey, Cowboys are relevant again. I mean, they're doing their thing. They're not doing anything different. I mean, they're just running the football, playing smart football, not turning it over. And the two rookies, Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, balling out. And the defense, you know, they're doing a little bit, you know, being not break defense. I mean, you know, but, hey, I mean, <laughs> you know, their their defense is the offensive line of the Cowboys, man. So, you know, they control that clock, keep that defense fresh. And so, with that being said, they play tomorrow night in Minnesota, and I think it's going to be a tough game. But, man, the Cowboys just on the roll, and I just don't trust the Vikings. I mean, I just seen that they starting center, he's going to be out, and we are they're banged up on that O-line. And their wide receivers aren't stepping up. Diggs was out last week. He's supposed to be coming back this week. And Barr's questionable as well. I mean, the battle of this game is going to be that Vikings front seven versus that Cowboys offensive line and that Cowboys offense. I mean, if that defense can't penetrate, they can't win the battle in the trenches. I mean, because they have the talent in that front seven to get the job done. But if they can't do anything, it's rap, man. <laughs> it's, it's going to get ugly in Minnesota tomorrow night. But with that being said, Man, I just don't trust that Vikings O-line. I just don't trust Bradford. And I just think, man, them Cowboys, they they on fire. I got to have to roll with the Cowboys tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. And it just comes down to that Cowboys offensive line. I mean, you and I both don't like Cowboys. Most of America don't like Cowboys. That, That term, America's team, that's just brilliant marketing in terms of the Dallas Cowboys, just brilliant marketing by Jerry Jones or whoever started that American team. But a a true fan of the game of football, you have to love and respect. You don't have to love, but you have to respect that Cowboys offense a lot. It's just a thing of beauty. Sometimes I just go online, try to find coaches tape. And for the fans that don't know, coaches tape, the way us fans, the way – Fans, way that we view the game, we view it from the side. We view it from the sideline, from over the players' shoulders, whatever home away team. But coaches' tape is from end zone, end zone faces from end zone to end zone, and it's what coaches use to be able to, you know, look at the linemen. You see what the quarterback sees. Coaches' tape. I love watching coaches' tape, and when you watch coaches' tape, and you just watch it of these Dallas Cowboys offensive line, it's just a thing of beauty. I mean, every one of these guys are staying on their blocks, running their man. Wherever their man wants to go, they move him that way. And Ezekiel just cuts behind him and go where he needs to go. Or they just roll, run people over. Or they just stalemate people. It, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty watching the offensive line. And, and that's even without, you know, the talented uh, Lyle Collins. Uh, I think he's out for the year, right, Nate? The uh, mm-hmm. guard, from, mm-hmm. guard from LSU. He's out for the year. He's a talented guy. When he comes back next year, whenever he comes back, I mean, they're just going to continue to get better and better. This offensive line is a thing of beauty. And like I say, pretty much every show, the game of football is about the trenches. It's about that O-line and that D-line. And yes, the Minnesota Vikings has a very good defense. But this Cowboys offensive line is on fire right now. This Cowboys offense is on fire and I think it's just going to be too much for that Vikings defense. And then you mentioned, you talked about that Vikings offense. Uh, they just, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, North Turner, North Turner just gave a peace sign, but like, I'm out. He got on his butt. He got on the bus. He got on the Uber or something and got out of town. Excuse me, and got out of town. So that Vikings offense is hurting. Dallas Cowboys defense not really about anything. I mean, they rate 21st overall, but they do very good against the run. 
Uh, they're terrible against the pass, but it still won't be enough. The Vikings won't be Vikings offense won't be able to keep up with the Cowboys offense. All right, Denver seven and four travels to Jacksonville to take on the two and nine disappointing Jags. And let's just be real, man. You know Gus Bradley, man. I admire what he did in Seattle, but you in Jacksonville, man. There's a lot of talent in this team, and for some reason, you are not getting it done as a coach. So, with that being said, it's about time at the end of the year for your ass to get your down. Yes, you do, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm just sorry, man, because there's just too much talent. You playing? I mean, you coaching this bad? Seriously, and Blake Bortles, who has regressed in the worst way. And then on top of that, man, this week, Malik Jackson, former uh, Denver Bronco defensive lineman, he's trying to make these Jags relevant. I think he's trying to do this to uh, fire up his team. He's talking trash, talking about, I'm going to be a problem for this Denver. I'm going to be a problem for my old team coming this week. Well, I mean, man, come on, man. You ain't done nothing all year. (laughs) I mean, last week, yeah, you got a little stack column in the sack column, you know, and had a sack, but... Malik, man, you kind of been a disappointment, man, <laughs> you know? So I really wouldn't be talking too much trash. And then for this Denver Broncos defense, you remember, Chuck, man, when we were kids, we was in school, grade school, and at the end of the year, we always had that day called uh, 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 Fun Field Day. You remember that? <laughs> we used to have that. So yeah. this, Broncos, this Broncos defense is going to have a fun field day <laughs> against this Jags offense because they're going to get about a few sacks. We already know Borders going to throw up probably about a couple – couple picks so with that being said man i'm taking denver and i'm taking denver 24 to 10 look i've been a blake bortles apologist and i'm continue <laughs> to be a blake bortles apologist until i said i was gonna give him until sometime next year so i'm gonna keep apologizing for the dude and making excuses for him because when you got kelvin beecham Starting on your offensive line, used in trouble. So, yes, Blake Bortles may have, I won't really say regressed, but it, I don't know what, I don't know what adjective or now, whatever the correct English grammatical saying is, but I'm putting it on that offensive line. He needs a better offensive line. If he had that Dallas Cowboys offensive line, Blake Bortles would be looking fantastic right now. Yes, he he makes a lot of he makes some poor decisions, but when you run it for your life, it's kind of hard to think straight. Um, so I'm gonna continue to make excuses for him, continue to apologize for him until sometime next year when it's just I might just have to let him go. But this Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars team, like you said, it's a lot of talent on the team, but on that defensive side of the ball. I know you was. I know you were saying it, it's, it's some it's some pieces over there, but I was never really sold on that D line over there. I mean, you talked about Malik Jackson; he needs to step it up big time. Um, but that entire D line needs to step it up big time. And they, and to me, I mean, I know they got some nicks and bruises on that D line, as well as other parts of the team, man. But that D line is lacks a lot, lacks talent to me. Um, that secondary is talent now. It's talent back there. And I think they're doing the best they can. But you can have the greatest secondary in the world. If you ain't getting no pass rush, you ain't getting no pressure. If you ain't stopping a run, uh, it, it's very hard to win football games uh, in the NFL. And, yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is sixth overall. They do very good against the pass. But they be getting ran all over day in and day out. And then on that offensive side of the ball, like you said, Nick, they had some struggles. Like I said, I'm going to keep apologizing for Blake Bortles. 
but they need to do more, do better on that side, put up more points. But this is going to be a beat down because uh, the Denver Broncos, they looking for that playoff run because the Raiders ain't playing around. So Broncos like, yo, we need to, we need to step it up. We need to beat the teams we can beat, and I think they're going to beat the hell out of these Jags. All right. Let's move to Monday Night Football, man, because I want to get a bad Monday Night Football game out the way real quick. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because it's the Colts who are coming in at 5-6 and six against the 3-8 and eight New York Jets. And the word out of New York today is that Darrell Revis has just announced and said that he's tanked this season. He doesn't want to play football no more lost interest in the game, and that's why he's played pretty bad this year. So, with that being said, man, I'm just going to put it like this, man. Darrell Revis, man, <laughs> man, you just need to keep it real and just say, man, look, man, I suck. <laughs> I just suck this year, man. I just feel like my level of play is not up to par to be a starting NFL quarterback, cornerback, and so, therefore, there's no more Revis Island. Let's remove that right now. That island is just <laughs> – it's just been gone. I mean, it's just been destroyed and bombed this whole 2016 season. So let's just get rid of that and let's just say, you know what? I just don't feel like I can play this game at a high level no more. So therefore, I'm moving on to something else. I don't sit here and tell America that that you you tanked this season because you just lost love for the game or whatever. So yeah, I ain't believing that. But anyway, you have Andrew Luck supposed to come back for the coast this game. And T.Y. Hilton, he's still questionable, but he's supposed to be coming back. I'm not going to talk too much on that game last week against the Steers because it was Scott. Tola's been playing in that game because of defense. They just ain't show up. A lot of injuries in that game. But I think the coach should win this game. T.Y. Hilton, if he comes back, he should have a field day on Darrell Revis. So, with that being said, man, coach should be balanced in this game. Feed Gore, and hopefully, hopefully the offensive line can give Luck some time to throw the ball because that Jets defensive line, we know which is the strength with Richardson and Williams and uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, man. They they should have a field day <laughs> against that Colts offensive line. But I'm going to take the Colts in this one, man, 21 to uh, – actually, 21-13. You know, at the beginning of the season, I took some heat because I was a believer in the Colts. I thought the Colts was going – I didn't think they was going to, you know – tear up the league or anything, but I thought they were going to be better than what people were saying they were going to be. And they are. I mean, after this game, they're going to beat uh, they're going to beat the Jets. Like, you know, that's why I'm putting my money on is the Colts. And after this victory, they'll be 6-6. Six and six. You know, so right now, they're only a half game out of first place, you know, behind the Texans. So, it's very close coming out of the end. I think with Andrew Luck coming back and these Colts Get a little fire on them. I think they can they can make a run at the end and go to the playoffs. And all that heat I took at the beginning of the year, it's just gonna rub off my shoulders. It rubbed off my shoulders anyway. But I ain't feeling that heat anyway. Uh, Andrew Luck gonna come out there. He's gonna earn his money. Unlike uh, Darrell Revis. I mean, you talked about Revis Island. That's just the result of climate change. I mean, they talk about climate change <laughs> gonna melt the gonna melt the polar ice caps or the most or the polar ice caps have melted and the sea levels have risen and they risen above Revis Island. Now Revis Island is underneath the ocean, man. Revis Island is done for. This dude got his money. His skills diminished. I don't know what he did during the offseason, but right now he's just out there collecting paychecks. And you know what? Jess was dumb enough to pay him another huge contract. That's why he went back there. Um, People say you can never go home twice. Well, obviously he did because the Jets were desperate. 
and maybe other teams around the league seeing like, yo, this dude is not worth his money anymore. But the Jets were cl- but Jets and their uh, stupidity signed him to all this money, and now they're getting what they paid for. Well, actually, they're not getting what they paid for. But you know what? It's too late. Y'all three and eight. Uh, y'all sticking up the pace. <laughs> Y'all play <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick did the same thing to y'all that Darrell Reeves did. He's out there collecting paychecks. Y'all paying these bums all this money um, and getting nothing in return. So I'm going with the Colts because I think the Colts got more heart. Colts got players that actually want to earn their paycheck. Um, Andrew Luck. Isn't Andrew Luck still the highest paid? Isn't he the highest paid player in the league right now or at least he's number two? It's something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's top three or something like that. And this dude is out there scrapping, trying to get back, trying to lead his team somewhere. Uh, so the Colts, I got the Colts in this one all day long against them. Sorry, J-E-T-S. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> all right, Carolina 4-7 and seven going to Seattle to take on the 7-3-1 and one Seattle Seahawks. Man, and I'm telling you, last week's game against Tampa Bay Bucks. Those Seahawks look terrible. Russell Wilson got sacked six times. He was running for his life through two picks in that game. He actually was the leading rusher for the team. I mean, woo, Russell was running for his life. We already know the weakness to the Seattle Seahawks team is the offensive line, and they showed it last week. And Man, you kind of look at this game, I would not be shocked if Carolina comes in here and beats the Seahawks, man, because they have the front seven to get it done. I think Kukli is going to be back this week. I'm not for sure. I know he missed last week uh, due to his concussion and stuff. He's in concussion protocol, but I do think he's going to return this week. And if he does, man, that Seahawks front seven is in trouble. I mean, they are in trouble. So, I mean, uh, I think that, that that Seahawks offensive line, the wide receivers, it's, it's going to be a struggle, man. It's going to be struggle like it was last week. I know Seahawks didn't have Earl Thomas last week, but it's no excuse, man, just getting demolished and destroyed by the Bucks, man. And then on top of that, man, you know, Mike Evans, he he took, man, Richard Sherman to, to school. I mean, he actually got up in his ass, man. You know, I didn't do the same this week because – Trying to be nice this week, and I'm thankful, you know. So, you know, I didn't want to do who give up that ass this week, but Richard Sherman, man, he was a top candidate for this past week's award. <laughs> but yeah, so I think Seattle, they should be pissed off in this game. They should get some. They they should actually come out and play the inspire pissed off football. But with that offensive line being so sorry, and these Panthers coming in pissed off as well, and we saw uh, Carolina went up there and beat Seattle. Um, so with that being said, man, I, I kind of want to say Carolina, but I'm gonna go with Seattle, man, in a close game. I'm gonna say 17-14. Yeah, did didn't I pick the Bucks last week? I, we gotta check the tape on that one because I think I picked the Bucks to beat the Seahawks last year or last week. But anyway, like you said, that Seattle Seahawks offensive line. I mean, they got. <laughs> You know, they got your boy Russell Wilson back there running for his life. They got, what's her name, Sierra, uh, up there, uh, clinching, you know, clinching her, you know, I, you know, clinching her purse or doing whatever. But that Seahawks offensive line is pretty bad. It's almost as bad as Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, but we'll get into that, to that later. Um, Carolina Panthers, both of the Carolina Panthers have been struggling. Um, but even with the turn, even with the return of my boy, Luke Keekley from St. David High School. I don't think it still would be enough. Um, that par- that that Panthers D line, uh, it just ain't been playing up to par like it did last year to me. 
Um, I think they're going to have a much better opportunity uh, this coming weekend to put up some better stats, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Russell Wilson is going to find a way to pull this, you know, pull this victory out. I think the Seahawks defense is going to play much better. Uh, my boy Cam, uh, uh, Cam Chancellor, I think he's hungry. He made some big plays last week. Look for him to make some more big plays this weekend. So I'm going to have to go with them Seattle Seahawks in this. All right. <clears throat> Nap game of the week. Well, I call this the snoring game of the week. I mean, you get snoring watching this game. Woo, you got the 1-10 in 10 San Francisco 49ers traveling to the West City to take on the 2-9 and nine Bears. Yeah, that, yeah, it's that bad, folks. It's that bad. But the one good thing I can say, man, uh, San Francisco 49ers, I think you got your quarterback of the future, man. I think you need to go ahead and resign Kaepernick. I mean, hell, man, he played pretty good last week, you know. And um, he had three touchdown passes. And then on top of that, he ran for over 100 yards. I mean, Cap, man, Cap, Cap did his thing last week. But with that being said, they playing the Bears. We already know the Bears quarterback right now is Barkley because Cutler's out. He's hurt. But I got to go with the San Francisco 49ers, man, just because of the way Cap has been playing. I believe in them. The Bears are so banged up. You know, they just put uh, my boy Trevathan, the middle linebacker they got in the offseason from the Broncos. They put him on IR. So they're so banged up. We already know Kyle Long's been on their last few weeks. So I got to go with the 49ers in this game, man. I think you're going to see a lot of Carlos Hyde. So I'm going to take the Niners. I don't have to give a score in this game because this is a snoring game. So with that being said, let's go Niners. You always got to go with you always got to go with the guy with the fro. So you you know Colin Kaepernick <laughs> got that hair out, got a got that Samson thing going. Uh that fro it it, it has superpowers, man. It has superpowers. So this is going to be I I was going to say this is going to be easy victory for the 49ers, but the 49ers like you've already mentioned, they they suck pretty bad and the Bears are even worse, especially without Jay Cutler back there. I be mean, I'm a Jay Cutler apologist. Yes, I am. So I'm gonna continue to apologize for him. See, he he gets a longer extension than Blake Bortles. Yeah, I mean, I might ride with Jay Cutler to the end of his career and look like a fool. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, look like a fool. Apologize for this dude, but I love Jay Cutler. Yeah, y'all just gonna have to live with it. Matt Barkley, this dude, this dude is a bum. Yes, he's from USC. Yes, I'm about eight miles from USC right now, and it don't matter because even USC Trojans know Matt Barkley is a bum in the NFL. So he's completing another 50% of his passes. I mean, only three touchdowns, four picks. Uh, he's pretty horrible out there. But the Bears are horrible overall. Um, I'm going to have to give this to the 49ers. I'm going to roll with you on that one, Neat. All right. <clears throat> Home stretch of the show. Let's wrap this up. Man. Let's, 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 let's fly with this, man. Let's do our thing. All right. 7-4 Miami Dolphins, man. Let's just go ahead and say they on fire. Yes, Dolphins looking good, man. They, they've actually turned around. They're traveling to Baltimore. You know it's a tough t- place to play, especially this December. So it's going to be a little cold, a little Nipsey Russell up in Baltimore. So uh, Baltimore 6-5, and five, we already know about Captain check down Flacco. That's how he does check the ball down because he – I don't know, man. I just think he lost – I think he's just lost confidence, man, throwing deep passes, man. I haven't seen a deep pass from no, no, Flacco. No, 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 no. He, he, go ahead, go ahead. He's always – He's always been captain check down. <laughs> yeah, it's just right. previously every now and then he would throw the long ball because I don't know if that was the game plan or, you know, he had receivers capable of stretching the field like that. 
but you know, I mean, he has Mike Wallace now, but Mike Wallace is a shell of his younger self. But he's always been Captain Checkdown. Don't don't get that twisted. He's always all right. Been. All right, and for the Dolphins, man, I'm telling you what, what's been helping this team, the resurgence of this team, man. We already know about Jay Ajayi. He's been running the ball last couple weeks. Teams have been kind of shutting him down a little bit, keying in on him. But, man, Cameron Wake, the old man, the pass rusher, he's getting done. Had another sack. He had two the week before. He's been balling. And Byron Maxwell, the man we always crack on talk about because he's been the number one candidate on who gave up that ass quite a bit, been a recipient of that award, no Vaseline, you know. But he's actually stepped his game up, man. He's been playing pretty good. But with that being said, Dolphins are traveling to Baltimore. Man, is this is this team from South Beach prepared for these elements? But the number one key for this team, man, if they can pressure Flacco and pound a jog, we're talking about 25-plus carries in this game. I'm taking the Dolphins, but if they do like they did last week and only give a jog, team carries and try to throw the ball all over the place with Tannehill – in those elements in Baltimore, they're going to lose. So with that being said, pound the Jai, Dolphins. You don't pound the Jai, Ravens. Yeah, I think the Dolphins coaching staff, I don't think they're idiots. I think they realized last week they were playing a um, a 49ers team that's not very talented on either side of the ball. And the reason the game was as close as it was because of the Afroian effort by Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> So I know so I know the coaches are smart enough to realize that they can't go out there and sling this ball around like they did last week with the Baltimore Ravens, who consistently have a good defense. Even if them cornerbacks is a little bummy wummy, that Ravens defense, that front seven, it's always gonna be there. Yes, this defense is not as good as it's been in the past, but they still got some talent over there. And that's the AFC North. They play some tough football in AFC North. So I don't think the Dolphins are going to be foolish enough, foolish enough to go out there and try to sling it on Ryan Tannehill's arm. So I think they're going to run the ball. So I'm going to give this victory to Miami Dolphins <clears throat> against the Ravens. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me, fans. Buffalo Bills traveling to Oak Town to take on my Oakley Raiders. Yes, yes, man. It feels good, man. I'm so excited. Raiders, man, this is real simple in this game. Offense don't change anything, man. I believe in Bill Musker, offensive coordinator. He's going to have a good game plan for that Bill's defense. Now, Raiders on defense, man. We get Amerson, our best corner. He comes back this week, so I'm excited on that. DJ Hayden, sorry, bust ass. He's been injured with that hamstring. You already know how I feel about Hayden, your ass. You need to get cut this offseason, so you might not be playing this game, which is good news for us. Thank you, because he leads the league in pass interference, because every time he gets burned, he can't keep up with the receivers. he got to grab jerseys. he just got to grab a, a, a receiver's body part. Up, up, DJ Hayden passing the friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, Raiders, man, you're going against the Buffalo Bills. What do they do? They run the ball with McCoy. And Tyrod Taylor, which likes to be a playground quarterback because he likes to run around all over the place back there. So keep his ass in the pocket. Keep his ass contained in the pocket. You understand? Don't let him run around. You do that, you win this game. Hands down. That's it. So if the Raiders defense do that, Khalil Mack wreck havoc, man. I think the Raiders going to win this game anyway. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game because that's what the Raiders like to do. I mean, they should they should blow out these teams, but they just like to keep it close. I mean, that's how they've been winning all season, but I got to go with the Raiders in this game. You know what? I think this is a, a good matchup between the Raiders and Bills. Um, you know, so I'm going to have to give this to the home team. 
this game was in Buffalo, I would pick the Buffalo Bills as the winner. But this game is in Oakland, so I'm going to have to roll with the Raiders. <laughs> All right. Another interesting game, man, right here. This is a game that's kind of too hard for me to pick. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in 6-5, traveling from one coast to the other coast. From Florida to Cali to take on these San Diego Chargers who are on five and six, who still have a shot in the playoffs, man. They still have a shot. And it's so tough, man, because you know how these Chargers play, man. Phillip Rivers is going to fight. He's going to fight to the end of the whistle, man, to the end of the game. He's going to fight. And you look at the offense, you're like, who is this? Doug Inman and Tyrell Williams? Who are these receivers? But they balling. And Joey Bosa, man, he's brought another element to this defense. Defense is playing good. And we saw what the Bucks did last week, man. That defensive line finally stepped up. If that defensive line can step up this week, the Bucks will win. If they don't, and they let Rivers attack them and beat that secondary, then they're in trouble. But that being said, this is a toss-up, man. I just don't know which Bucks team is going to show up. Um, so that being said, I think I'm going to take them Bucks, but I can't do it. I got to go with Rivers and them Chargers. Good. You take them charges, I'm going with them Bucks. I picked them last week, so I definitely got to pick them this week. Tampa Bay. All right, let's go to Cincinnati, man. I'm going to let you pick this game because this is your Bengals taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I, you know what? I'm going to just say this about the Eagles. That defense line, I'm so pissed off at. You had nothing. Defense had zero sacks, zero turnovers last week. Against, uh, I'm not going to Patriot, Packers offensive line. But, I mean, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, where, where were you guys at last week? So, this week, man, that we already know, Chuck, you're going to explain real quick. You know, we got less than 10 minutes left on the show. Don't take it too long now. We know that Bengals offense line isn't too great. So, with that being said, I'm not picking it. I just wanted to point that out, man. I'm calling out that Eagles defensive line. I mean, you can't even use the word Bengals offense line great in the same sentence, <laughs> even if you're using that. <laughs> Even if you're using that to describe how terrible this offensive line is, I mean this offensive line is bad. Uh, is it the worst offensive line in history? No, it's not. But it's pretty damn bad. I mean, Cedric the way he, but when you have to rotate your offensive lineman, something's wrong. I mean, this ain't yeah. like wide receivers where you can rotate. This ain't like like the defense where defensive players, are, it's a reactive. They react to plays, so it's more physically taxing, and you it's better to rotate your players on the side. But offensive linemen should never lead a freaking field when they're supposed to be on the field. And Cedric Boy, he gets rotated every two series because he's just out there getting his ass whooped this year. Could he be a stud in the future? Uh, that's possible. But <laughs> he ain't living in the future. We living it. We living in it now, and you know, so so many problems with the offensive line. Until they get that fixed, they won't win another game. And I don't think they've gotten it fixed. So I'm gonna have to go with the Eagles on this one. And Carson Wentz, who I captained his bandwagon before the season started. So y'all can't say I'm I'm in the back of the bandwagon. I'm in the front. I'm at the front handing out the Kool-Aid when you get on the bandwagon because Carson Wentz is, is balling out. Yes, Eagles is five and six. Oh, Chuck, you, you bragging on five and six? Look, this is the Philadelphia Eagles, the rookie quarterback in the tough, defi- tough division with the Giants, with the Cowboys, with the Redskins, who are all very good teams. And this rookie quarterback has went out there and led his team to five and six. That's pretty damn impressive. And after this weekend, they're going to be six and six. 
It gets my Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Arizona, man. This is one of the most disappointing teams in the league this year, man. You got the six and four and one Washington Redskins coming into Arizona, take on these four and six and one Arizona Cardinals. And Chuck, that's why I don't get into these stats. Cause do you know that the Cardinals have the number one ranked overall defense, <laughs> but they're four, six, and one. And I know a lot right. of that goes with the offensive line, man. Cause the offensive line for the Cardinals is putrid. We already know Carson Palmer, Mr. Captain Pick himself, 15 touchdowns, already 12 picks on the season, not playing good. But man, last week, them Falcons took it to this Cardinals defense, man. They took it to them, man. Tyler Taylor Gabriel, former Brown, you know, receiver almost had a hundred receiving yards. He bought out last <laughs> week against this Cardinals defense. Yeah, that 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 goes to show you say, say something right there, I man. Come on, man. That's that's pretty bad. But with that being said, man, I just I don't trust these Cardinals, man, because I think Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith should have a field day on this offensive line. And I think right now, Kirk Cousins, man, I mean, you look at his stats. I mean, he's balling. His numbers up there on the season, thirty-five over 3,500 yards passing, is up there with Drew Brees, man. I mean, he is balling. And he has the weapons and Reed, Garcon, Jackson, and Crowder. So I just think it's going to be too much for that Cardinals defense. So I'm taking the Redskins in this game in the shootout, 31-28. Yeah, along with the Bengals. Uh, and I would throw the Packers in there, but – uh, Arizona Cardinals, the Bengals, the Packers. I mean, these are the three most disappointing uh, teams this year. Even though some people said, you know, with the loss of talent on offense for the Bengals and losing Hugh Jackson and all that stuff, this this record was kind of expected. But whatever. The Arizona Cardinals, they're definitely underperforming. Carson Palmer, like you, he does a good name. That's a good name for him, Captain Picks. Because he loved to throw them picks at uh, at uh, the not so appropriate times. Um, that Cardinals defense, yes, you said the stats misleading. Yes, they're first overall defensive ranking, but that's based on yards. And as we know, you don't win the game by who has the most yards. It's about who has the most points. Uh, and they begin up a lot of points. That offense is ninth ranked ninth overall. Uh, but like I just said, it's not about how many yards you put up is about how many points you put up and the Cardinals ain't been doing very well in that department. They're four, six and one. I mean, Bruce Aarons is going so bad. He had to go to the hospital last week. So um, yeah, they just looking tough, man. They just looking rough right now. Washington Redskins on the other hand, you know, they're playing pretty good football. They're in a tough division. They're in with the Cowboys. They're in with the uh, Giants. So sitting at six four and one, that tie game against my Bengals in London. Uh, Washington Redskins is a much better football team than Arizona Cardinals, so I'm gonna have to go with the Redskins in this one. All right, we got four games left, less than three minutes. We can do it. We can do it. I just gotta finish real quick, man. My man, the rookie Sterling Shepard for my New York Giants. Giants versus the Steelers this week. Sterling Shepard came out was pissed off, man, and he actually kind of went off, man, and it didn't really go off on Eli, but he was just mad. So, you know how I feel about those wide receivers complaining. He was complaining because he didn't get the ball. He didn't even have a catch. So, with that being said, fans, this is me wanting to bring this to you guys. Listen real quick. I am so sick and tired of these wide receivers in the NFL and the college game complaining about not getting the ball. But here's my question to you. How you gonna complain about not getting the ball when you can't even get open? 
<laughs> yeah, he couldn't get open last week against the Browns. It was pretty bad, man. Odell did his thing. In this game, it's the Steelers, man. I'm taking my Giants in this game, and I think Sterling Shepard's going to bounce back. You got the Giants. Who you got, Chuck? Giants. Uh, Rams and Patriots, man. Golf versus Brady. Got to take the Patriots. You got the Patriots, Chuck? Got the Patriots. All right, Oswald going against uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, and the pissed off Packers. I'm taking the Packers, man. I'm sure you're taking the Packers, aren't you, Chuck? <sighs> I guess so. I'm taking the Packers. All right, Detroit traveling New Orleans, man. Darius Slay, he's only one corner for the Detroit. <laughs> Never lost, and you're going to be a target this week. You'll definitely be on my uh, recipient of who gave up that ass next week because Drew Brees, <laughs> they're coming for your ass. <laughs> So, with that being said, man, I'm taking the Saints in this game. You taking the Saints, Chuck? I'm going with the gumbo. All right. With that being said, fans, we hope you enjoyed this show this live. If you missed the show live, always go to iTunes for Neek and Chuck show, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>